Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Missionaries for Christ, Word of Faith Church, Bible Class Hour. Pastor Lena is in charge. Amen, amen. Let us, let us begin with the word of prayer. Gracious and everlasting Father, God, we come on this evening. Father, first of all, to say thank you. God, we thank you for the beautiful sunshine. God, we thank you for the air that we have to breathe. God, we thank you for this opportunity to study your word. Now, Father, we're asking that you would speak to us on tonight. Open up our understanding, oh God. Encourage us through your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. As we sit back, and I just want to do a little recap um, of our lessons that we've been studying about the imagination and meditation. Um, our scripture tonight, as usual, is our Joshua, the first chapter, and verses 7 through 9. Um, as we look at this lesson that we've been studying, and it's talking about understanding the power of your imagination. And um, I was thinking about how um, sometimes we, you could think about stuff, and you could think about it so hard until you can cause it to just really happen. And you hadn't even, re- I personally hadn't realized that how, how, we, how much we actually use our imagination. Um, you're driving down the street and you keep seeing police cars, you'd be like, oh, Lord, I hope they ain't going to stop me. You know, you'd be all paranoid and you keep thinking about it. Every time you see one that they're going to stop you, and eventually you get stopped. But, you know, you've caused that thing to happen because you meditated on it. You kept pounding on it. You kept thinking about it, and then it actually happened to you. So we have to be mindful that we um, control our thoughts and we don't allow our imagination to become cantankerous by the things of this world. As we look back and we um, look at, um, I went to the dictionary just to uh, solidify some things, and I looked at the word imagination, and it says the faculty or the action or of forming new ideas or images or concepts. Um, and, it, you know, it's all in your mind. And then I looked at the word meditate, and it says to think deeply or to focus one's mind on something for a period of time, you know, and when you see, when you read those two definitions and you think about how the word of God kind of intertwined those two words, you could get a greater understanding on how the scripture says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, because you meditate on it, you think on it, you imagine it, and it becomes a reality in your life. So as believers, we want to strive to make our reality um what God would have it to be. Um, that's why it's so important for us to meditate on his word, because as we meditate on his word, his word will give us a direction for our life. It would allow us to imagine things that line up with his will for our lives. Amen? Amen. 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 Um, 
if someone could get Joshua, we could just go right into um, Joshua 1, 7, first chapter, verses 7 through 9. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe, observe to do according to all that is written in, in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Okay. So that, that scripture there is um, what the Lord is communicating with Joshua, but that message is still clear and being communicated to us today. God is concerned with us being success. He's concerned with us being um, prosperous. He's concerned with us living the good life. Now, it doesn't mean that we're not going to have some rainy days, it doesn't mean that some of those rainy days may not may uh, may not have thunder and lightning. We're going to experience those things. But even when we have those experiences, we know that God is with us, and we know that we don't have to fret because in order for flowers to grow, you must have some rain. So in order for us to grow, we got to have some hard times. We got to have some challenges here and there to help strengthen us and to help uh, redirect us so that we. Um, can bloom as the Lord would have us to bloom as believers. And so here, as God was instructing Joshua, he's instructing him to use his imagination for success. He's instructing us to use our imagination for success. Is there anything that you could imagine yourself doing or anything you desire to do and and, and it's in, in line with the word of God and with the will of God for your life that you're not thinking about, it. you're not meditating on, it. you're not uh, imagining yourself being there. Um, I can remember as a child how we used to say, what are you going to be when you grow up? I'm going to be a doctor. I don't think people ask kids questions like that anymore. <laughs> but when I was a kid, that people always ask, what you want to be? I want to be a doctor. I want to be a teacher. I want to be the president of the United States. I mean, we had dreams. We imagined things. And for some of us, those things came to pass in our lives because we imagined it. We thought about it. We spoke it. We allowed ourselves to envision ourselves in those jobs. Um, I can remember when we were talking about being a teacher, we used to play a game called Rock Teacher, where you would be the person that held the rock. You would be the one in control, telling everybody where to move and what to do because you imagine it. Your imagination was there. I think not just for our children, but even for our adults, we've got to the point that we don't dream, we don't imagine. Um, I think I said this on last week or week before last, um, the only way that um, the things that we utilize in this life have come into existence, somebody had to imagine it. Somebody had to imagine the use of a cell phone or the use of a phone not connected to a wall with a cord like we used to have back in the day. Somebody had to imagine it. Somebody had to dream it. Uh, we look at how our automobiles are going from very simple to very complex. Someone is sitting behind somewhere imagining these things. These things are coming out of somebody's imagination. So now if 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 people like Bill Gates and people like the uh uh different manufacturers can come up with these things that create things that make life better for 
uh, themselves and other people. Why can't we as believers imagine? Um, unfortunately, there was an old adage that used to be that the people of God had to be the poor old ladies who just didn't have nothing and were barely making it. But that is not the will of God for our lives. When the word Amen. of God consistently telling us to imagine for success, when the word of God is consistently telling us to be prosperous, and when the word of God is consistently telling us these things, that, that leads me to believe that if God, and I always say this, that if it's something that's being consistently repeated, that means that God really wants us to get that message. Now, there are some that are not going to get the message. But for those of us who the Lord is opening up our understanding to a new level, he wants us to get the message. He don't want us to just sit around and just hear the message. He wants us to get the message. Amen? Amen. Amen. How man was created in the likeness and the image of God. We were created to be able to see the end at the beginning. We were created just like God was. He called things into existence before they even came to pass. You know, he said, light, light be light. When there was no light on the earth, and he, when he put the stars in the sky, he put them there before anything had even existed. So when he called these things to be so, he called them to be so before they even existed. So as believers, we can cause things to happen even before it actually exists. You can call your children to be doctors. You can call your children to be, you can call things into a place in your life before you actually see them happen. Why? Because we are parallel with God, so we have some of the similar functions of God that we can see things in the same manner as God sees things. Just as um, there's a good imagination, there's also evil. You know that um, the enemy comes to corrupt everything that is good. Anything that God does, he wants to try to compete with God, and he wants to put his take on things. He wants to put his twist on it, and always his twist is against the will of God. But that's where the Apostle Paul comes in and he instructs us. Because our imagination manages our life's navigational system, it can direct us either in positive direction or in a negative direction. So we have to be cautious that we cast down thoughts that are not like God, that we cast down imaginations that are not like God. There are some people um, that are fearful of, of simple things in life, and they're fearful of these things because their imagination, this thing has been created in their imagination. They may even, say somebody who, who's paranoid over bees. Um, I did have a student that was scared of, of flies or bees. And anything that flew, he would have a fit about it. And um, sometimes some of the things that are, that are developed in our imagination come from our life experiences. You know, so we have a bad experience from something. We begin to, every time we see that thing, we begin to imagine it to be so. Um, and so, but as believers, we come to know that um, we have the power, we have the authority over a bumblebee. So we cannot, um, we don't have to be fearful and paranoid at the sight of one, even if we've ever been stung by one. You understand what I'm saying? So we can, we can cause the change. We can cause the change of, of, of the flight or the direction of our imagination simply by redirecting it, by reimagining things to be in a different manner. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, one of the, the very important things that as believers that we have to do, uh, and I, I don't know why the, 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 the scripture that says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so as he keeps coming into my mind, because I, don't, I, I just don't think that we necessarily um, take into 
full consideration, the full authority that we have. Remember in the beginning, God um, gave Adam dominion over the birds, the fish of the sea. He gave him dominion. He gave man dominion, and he gave man authority. Now, he didn't necessarily he didn't give man dominion and authority over other men, but he gave man dominion and authority over the things in the earth. And so a lot of times we, uh, instead of walking in the dominion and the authority that God has given us, we, um, we allow ourselves to be redirected by the ways and the things of this world. And so, that again, that brings me back to the importance of meditating on God's word. As believers, we must purposefully, we must intentionally uh, imagine things. We must reimagine so that our internal mechanisms can be governed um, according to the will of God. Uh, whatever goes in you comes out. So if you eat bad food, that bad food comes out. And it may come out in a good way or it may come out in a bad way. Same thing spiritually. Whatever goes in you spiritually comes out of you spiritually. Sometimes we, um, you find people and you're like, woo, you're a believer and you talk like that or you act like that. Well, sometimes we may be believers in word, but we may not be believers in action. So, therefore, we may go to church and we may hear the word, but we may not hear the word. When I say hear and hear, I mean the first hear being hearing it with your outer ear, and then the second hear meaning to hear it with your heart. When you hear the word of God with your heart, then there's a transformation, something, there's a change, something happens. But when you just hear it with your ear, it's just like when we talk to our kids, they're going one ear, come out the other. Don't touch the stove because the stove is hot. Don't touch the stove because the stove is hot. Next thing you know, the kid is screaming and crying. Why? Because they touched the stove, even though you said don't touch the stove. They heard you with their outer ear, but they didn't hear what you said with their heart, with their inner ear. They didn't receive it. Mama don't know what she's talking about. She, she's just talking. So I'm going to try it anyway. And so sometimes we're in that same um, state where we hear God's word with our outer ear. Oh, yeah. Um, I was in church, we, as a matter of fact, we went to three services yesterday, and one of the services, oh, they just bumped and danced and bumped and danced, and I have, trust me, I have nothing against bumping and dancing, but we didn't get the word, you know. The word is what's going to save us. The word is what's going to change our lives. The word is what's going to navigate our lives. The word is like our soul. It is so important. Without the word, we have absolutely nothing. You know, we can have all the song and the dance and the, everything else that happens in churches, but if we don't have the word, we don't have anything, you know. And so it's important for us as believers to make sure we get the word. The word helps us to uh, maneuver and get ourselves out of predicaments of thinking, thinking. The word helps us to be more mindful and more directed toward the ways and the will of God. As believers, this is what we want for our life. In order for our lives to be navigated in a uh, uh, spiritual, spiritually productive um, direction, we need to make certain that we're feeding our spirit the right food. Amen. Um, I often talk about how children, I often talk about how children. Um, we allow our children to eat all kind of stuff, and when I say eat, I don't mean physically eat, but I mean the different things that they take in, what they watch on TV, the different atmospheres that they be in. And we allow our kids to take in all of that stuff. And when they take it in, uh, it goes inside of them. But guess what? It has to come out. So then you're wondering why your kid is acting a different way or why they're acting strange or why they're doing things 
that you know you didn't necessarily teach them, but they're doing it. Well, it's, we have to be mindful of what we allow them to take in. And it, it's so funny because this weekend we had a lot of family engagement this weekend, and um, my, one of Jessica, as a matter of fact, reminded me that when they were children coming up, um, how they were shielded or protected where they didn't have a lot of interactions with adults. Because I always I was of the belief that a child was a child, a child stayed in a child's place. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Was somebody saying something? Hello? No. Oh, okay. I had got a message that somebody was trying to say something. Um, are there any questions? I need Paul. Mm-hmm. No questions? No. Nope. Oh, okay. All right. I know I had got kind of got kind of on my little roll. Y'all got a question? Amen. <laughs> Y'all got a question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Amen. So, you know, like we have to be we have to be mindful of what we allow our children to digest, but not just our children. We have to be mindful of whatever it is we're digesting, you know. And I just say, put, give yourself, evaluate yourself. You know, what what am I eating most of? Am I eating most of worldly stuff, or am I eating more spiritual stuff? And then when you when you weigh it and see what you eat the most of, then you'll understand why you may react to things different ways. If you're eating a lot of worldly stuff, when something happens, you're gonna snap, crackle, and pop. Then you be feeling bad, like, oh man, I I ain't mean to cuss them out that bad. I, oh man, I ain't mean to do this. When you sit back and think about it in retrospect, you've gone over the edge. But then if you're eating more spiritual, you're able to be more um, mild mannered. You're able to be more patient. I mean, oh my God, the Word of God will make you patient. If it makes you nothing else, it'll make you patient. You know, you learn to be more patient. You'll be more tolerant. You have more tolerance. Um, sometimes we, we can't tolerate different things because, again, because our spiritual uh, digestive system is empty. We, we don't have anything in us, enough in us, to support being tolerant of people and their ways and their attitudes. And so God will, God's word will give us this. It will teach us this. It will nurture, nurture us in these areas of our lives so that we can be better examples of him in the earth. Because, see, what it is is that people are looking for examples of Christ, and they're looking for the church. And so they're looking for us to be examples. So even if they do something that will cause us to feel angered or want to make us want to go off, they're looking for our reaction. How is the believer going to react to this? How is the church person going to act to this? Are they going to go off like I will go off? And trust me, even if they're going off, they're taking notice to the way that you are handling it, you know, and so we have to be mindful of that. Amen. Amen. Just reminded of Abraham and how God began to speak to, well, his name was Abram at the time, how how God began to speak to him and began to penetrate his thoughts. Um, and began to talk to him about, because remember, Abraham saw himself as a uh, a barren, a childless man. His wife was barren, and they was old. 
But then when God spoke to him and told him about how many children he would have and about the grains of sand and the stars in the skies, how his children would be so numerous, he won't be able to count them. Even as, as he saw himself in that previous state, he was able to reimagine himself or to imagine himself in a different state as he listened to the voice of God. So as we listen to the voice of God, can you see yourself the way God sees you? We see throughout the scriptures how God changed the thought process of man because man saw himself contrary to the way that God sees him. You know, and then again, let's take another self-evaluation. Do you see yourself the way God sees you? Most often we don't, okay, because we see what we consider as flaws and they're not necessarily flaws when God sees them. He allowed us to be the way that we are for a reason. Every part of us has a purpose. And so we sometimes miss that point because we are looking at ourselves according to or based on the world's perspective of life. But we, again, as believers, we can't look at things from the world's perspective of life. We have to look at things from God's perspective which is totally the opposite of how the world thinks. Amen? Amen. So as we move on, we're going to look at meditation some more. Meditation is God's plan to accelerate the transformation of our mental complex, I mean our mental process, to renew our minds and to incorporate new vision and vitality in our lives. Meditation is so important and it's so key. And we see a lot of different um religious groups that do meditate, you know, um, but as believers, we want to meditate on God's word. When we're meditating, we're renewing our mind, okay, so that we can accomplish um, things in the manner that um, lines up with biblical work, that lines up with the word. Um, As believers, we want to always, as much as we possibly can, align ourselves with what the word of God says. If someone could find... um, Psalms, the first chapter, verses 1 through 3, and someone else could find Joshua 1 and 8. Psalms one or what? Um, the first, the first book of Psalms, verses one and through three. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruits in its season whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Okay. So when you meditate, you're going to be strong. You're going to be planted. You're going to have uh, fruit in your season. Your leaf shall not wither, and whatever you do is going to prosper. That's what meditation does for you. And that's a great, that's like, it's like taking a good vitamin, you know. Um, I take a lot of supplements. And um, just the other day, I came to the conclusion where I remembered that I had heard about um, 
Walmart's brand of supplements and how they were not USDA um, certified. I went online to check it again just to make sure. And uh, as I as they had told me that it wasn't, I was like, oh, man, so this is probably why I don't have enough energy because I'm taking these supplements from Walmart and they're the Walmart brand and they're not giving me enough energy. They're not doing what they need to do. So I said, well, maybe I need to increase <laughs> so that I can get what I need to get. But, I mean, just looking at that, I have a set of supplements that I bought at Walmart that's no good. But then when I bought, when I got the ones, um, well, the one package from the doctor, when I got it from the doctor, it's like I don't need to take naps anymore because it gave gave me what I needed. So when the Word of God, meditating on the Word of God is like having a good supplement. You know, if you ever be weak and tired and you begin to take vitamins and stuff, but you take the right vitamin that is um, certified, you're going to get what you need from that vitamin, you know. And so that's how the Word of God is for us. It's a good vitamin. It's a uh, a productive vitamin. And, you know, it don't just um, make your body feel good, but it brings forth fruit. It, it, it's productive in your life. Amen? Amen. Um, did someone find Joshua? One and eight. Yes. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Okay, again, prosperity and success. But then in in Joshua it says, it shall not depart out of your mouth. Because what happens is when you meditate, after a while, that's how you begin to speak. Um. <laughs> I remember uh, saying how people used to say about us as African-American people so that we talk like Caucasians. We talk like white people. Like, why are you talking like white people? It's like, talking like white people? What is talking like white people? You know, but people uh, ignorantly used to think that if you spoke with proper English that you were speaking like white people, whatever that may mean. Um, but what happens is that when you're in a good environment that is speaking proper English, then you begin to speak proper English. If you're in an environment that's speaking a lot of slang and uh, ebonics, then that's what you begin to speak because you become a product of your environment. Well, same thing with the Word of God. As you begin to study the Word of God and meditate on the Word of God, after a while, that word starts coming out of your mouth. So instead of uh, the moment that something happens, a profanity, a curse word come out of your mouth, your, your word that come out of your mouth will be one from the word of God. It's the Lord have mercy. Instead of saying the other words, you're going to be saying, Lord have mercy, you know, instead of, of having a, a tantrum or a fit when something explodes or go crazy, instead you're going to be able to say, Father, help us, you know. Uh, remind me of my grandson and his teacher, they're having a little, little spat because the teacher was calling upon the name of the Lord in class. And my grandson was like, you'll be calling the Lord's name in vain, and he's going to tell the teacher what to do. She had to tell him, look, little boy, let me tell you something. I have a relationship with the Lord, so I know how to talk to him, you know. But my point is is that when you, when it's in you, that's what comes out of you, okay? And so yeah. how do you get it you? Through meditation. When you meditate on that word, that word gets inside of you and eventually begins to come out of you. Amen? Amen. Amen. Um, 
I'm going to read, we're going to be continue talking about meditation, but as we look at meditation, meditation will um, strengthen your truth about reimagining because you begin, it begins to leak between the imagination and the uh, meditation. So it begins to bridge things. It begins to uh, bridge your understanding about life and about God's word. Genesis 11 and 6 says, And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. So uh, when you imagine, you meditate, you focus on something, it links, the imagination and the meditation kind of links together. So he's talking here how the people came together as one. They began to think as one. And then they began to, as they thought as one, it was nothing that they couldn't do that that they couldn't imagine that would not be successful uh, because they were on one accord. Everybody was thinking in the same manner. And they they imagined whatever they imagined could be successful. Could you imagine when how you how how well your life could flow when you are on one accord with God's word? And he's talking about a group of people being on one accord. But when we're on a court one one accord with God's word, we could begin to see the flow of his blessings really in our lives and we could begin to see more strength and um success as his word has, has said that we should have. Proverbs 6 and 18 says, as the heart, I mean, and heart that divides wicked imagination, feet that are swift in running to mischief. So here in Proverbs, it began to talk about the the evil part. And so we have to be careful, um, again, that we reimagine our, our thoughts and keep our thoughts positive and not evil, because evil is there and is lurking and is looking for an opportunity to get into our hearts and our minds and to get us off our square of being the believer that God has called for us to be and or even being the believer that you set out to be. Amen? Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but there have been times that I said, okay, I'm going to get up at this time, and after prayer, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go. I'm going to sit. I'm going to read. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I declare that be the morning I wake up and I'm sleepy as I don't know what. I can't pull myself out the bed. My body hurting. Everything going crazy. It's like this is nothing but the enemy to keep me off my square, to keep me from being greater in God the way I desire to be. You know, and so it's important for us to work hard, and we have to not only work hard, but we have to push past those things that the enemy, those world blocks that the enemy will set up to deter us from the will and the way of God. Amen. Um, Biblical meditation. And the intentional use of our imagination. When we intentionally use our imagination to refocus for a meditation moments, we are in essence reimagining. Okay, you are intentionally controlling this divine engineering faculty to experience the benefits of meditation. Um, just like anything else, we have to be intentional about the things that we do for Christ. Understanding what happens internally and the function of your life navigation system will provide the confidence to maximize the practical practice, I'm sorry, of biblical meditation. As believers, we should meditate on a regular basis. This is a part of something that, as we've been reading, the Word of God has instructed us to do. 
We should meditate on his word day and night. Meditation provides us with a, a spiritual experience on the canvas of our imagination. And so um, it takes us to another place where we, again, we don't see things from the natural or the, the natural experience, but we see it from the spiritual experience. And this is where we want to go because this allows us to then be more in tune to God. Um, reminded of the scripture that says, a sheep hear my voice and a stranger they will not follow. But as we meditate on God's word, we become closer to his heart and we can then hear his voice clearly. Sometimes you'd be thinking like, well, did God tell me to do that? I don't know. What's that me think? What's that? How did, I don't know. If God told me to do, you know, you had those double thoughts or those second thoughts about different things. But when you meditate on God's word, you're building that relationship to the point where you don't have a doubt when the Lord tells you to move or when he tells you to do something. Even if whatever he's telling you to do sounds strange and out of the ordinary. Because those are normally the times that we question God when he tells us to do something that's really unusual, like give your last $10 to somebody or uh go and cook a meal and take it outside and feed somebody. When he tells us to do something that's really out of the ordinary for our lives, that's when we really um that's when we really come to a point where we be like, did God say that? I don't know. Is it? I don't know. You know, we go through that second guessing and that double thinking. But we have to be mindful as believers that we don't get allow ourselves to get caught up in that. Because when we do, we mess around and miss God. Amen. We miss our opportunity to be a blessing and to receive the blessings of God for that particular time. Amen? Amen. God is using uses spiritual experiences to inspire us, to encourage us, and to motivate. As we look through uh, various stories in the Bible, we see where God has used these experiences. If we look, let's look at um, Ezekiel, the 37th chapter. I need someone else to find Genesis, the 13th chapter. And we're going to look and see how God used um, experiences to inspire, to encourage, and to motivate men throughout the Bible. Let me say, Ezekiel, what? 37, verses 1 through 5. I have Genesis 13. Okay, let's see your first. 37, watch your side. Yes. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Okay. And here, here's Ezekiel in the valley full of dry bones. And God tells him to preach to these bones. 
God uses this vision of dry bones to inspire the prophet to believe and to preach that God has power. Um, um, I'm sorry. He inspired him to believe and to preach that as God's power united the bones in the vision, so would God unite his people. Okay? So... um, Uh, God here, he inspired him, okay? And so he uses different experiences to inspire us. Sometimes we have some experiences in our lives and we be all uh, tripped out about the experience instead of sometimes we need to just stop and ask God, what am I to understand this experience? What am I to learn? What is it you want me to know so that I can be better or so that I can work through this experience? Um all the time when we have experiences, good or bad, they're not necessarily just something, oh, my God, that just happened to me. Sometimes these experiences have a purpose behind them for us to learn, for us to grow, and for us to be encouraged through whatever we're facing. Amen? Amen. Amen. Any questions or thoughts? Okay. Uh, if someone could uh, read Genesis for me. 13, what, what verse? Um, I'm sorry, the 13th chapter, verses 14 through 18. Okay. After, after Lot was gone, the Lord said to Abram, look as far as you can see in every direction. I am going to give you all this land to you and your offspring as a permanent possession. And I am going to give you so many descents that like dust, they cannot be counted. If they walk in every direction, explore the new positions, the new possessions I am giving you. Then Adam moved his camp to the oak grove owned by Mara, which is at Hebron. Then he built an altar to the Lord. Okay. So here, um, God wanted Abraham to release his faith for the promised blessing. Um, God, sometimes we get, we get a word from the Lord and it's a promise for something, but we don't necessarily have the faith for it. Um, and so here God is, um, helping Abraham, you know, he tells him to get out of here, to go, and I'm going to give you all this land. I'm going to let you have it. This is for you. Um, God is, is is God, and he has his own way of doing things. And so as I think I stated earlier, I said sometimes he does things that in our humanistic mind does not um, add up or doesn't make sense. But as believers, when we meditate on his word, we come to a place where we uh, would do whatever he say and not have a second thought about it. Because he will, he constantly proves himself over and over again. We begin to see the blessings that we already have from God. I think sometimes we take those blessings for granted when he allows us to breathe in and to breathe out. He allows us to have the activity for our limbs. When he allows us to be able to go to our refrigerators and eat food. When we, when we, we see these things and we don't necessarily look at them from the full scope of being in a position of not having them, 
met a young lady a few weeks ago who uh, he had a boyfriend, and his name is Charlie. Charlie stands about three feet tall, and Charlie is an oxygen machine. And everywhere she goes, she has to take Charlie with her. You know, could you imagine if that was your plight? You know, if that was you, that everywhere you went, you had to take an oxygen machine with you. You know, so sometimes we take this, these different things, these little things that God allow us to have for granted, and we don't look at the full scope of what it is that he gives us. So when he tells us to do something that's out of the ordinary, as believers, we're able to operate in that and walk in it because we know all the things that God does for us, and we are very um, concrete about the blessings that he has given us. Amen? Amen. I'm going to read Genesis, the 15th chapter, beginning at verse number 4. It says, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he shall come forth out of thine own bowels. Shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven, and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. And believe in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And here's where um, Abram is getting the promise of the child um, that was going to come from his come from his vows, as the, as the scripture says. You know, and um, again, thinking about the, Abraham's life, he was old, his wife was old, she was barren, you know, and they just didn't have children, you know. But God says, you can. This is yours. This is what I said for you. So the promises that God has for us are true, and they're coming to pass. But we have to hold on to the belief of them, um, that his word is true. And how do you know that his word is true? And how can you hold on to the truth of his word? Is by meditating on his word, by studying his word, by allowing his word to be uh, deeply rooted in your spirit. When you come to the church and you come and you hear the word, um, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And when we talk about that hearing, we're not just talking about hearing with our outer ear, but we're talking about hearing the word of God with our heart, okay, um, listening to it and allowing it to take deep root inside of us um, so that we can be strengthened, so that we can be encouraged, so that we can grow, um, so we can be uplifted um, through the word of God. I can remember hearing people saying how the word of God lifted them. And I didn't quite understand it then as a child. You know, like, okay, all right, so how did the word of God lift you? You know, I'm a kid, so I didn't know anything. But as I, I became an adult, a young adult, and I began to face challenges in life, I began to face all types of situations in life, I then came to a better understanding on how the word of God can lift you. And it's amazing because the word of God can go forth in the room of 500 or in the room of five. And as the word of God goes forth, every person gets a message from that from one message that is befitting just to them. So the preacher can preach one sermon and everybody digests that sermon in a different manner as it is tailor-made to fit your life. And so... Now I understand because I had to have some ups and some downs and some ins and some outs and some bruises and 
all those different things before I came to the full understanding of it. But now I understand how the word of God can lift you out of a dark place, how the word of God can build you up when you're weak, how the word of God can be your strong tower. Um, I can remember even this last job that I, with a job that I'm currently in now, when I uh, went in for the interview, when I went for my interview, I went in confidence. When I walked out of there, I knew I had the job. I got in the car, I called pastor, I was like, I got the job. He said, what they say? I said, they ain't said nothing yet, but I got the job. By the time I got home, I had got the email because I had the job. But uh-huh. the only walking there in that type of confidence is because I had the word of God that I had to hold on to. I had to go into my heart. I had to pull up those scriptures that remind me. I had to look at my faith wall that's in my bedroom that reminds me of who I am. Because if we're not careful, the world will tell you that you're not. And so the, the world seeks to kill your dreams and seeks to, for you not to imagine. But that's not the will of God for us. He is, his will is for us to reimagine ourselves in the manner that he sees us, that we see ourselves as he sees us, that we walk in the light that he has for us, not in darkness, not in a humdrum attitude, but in a better light, in a greater light. And, again, I must add, it doesn't mean that you won't have no rain or no thunderstorms in your life. It just simply means that when you have that rain and a thunderstorm, you got a raincoat and a scarf. you got an umbrella to protect you, even in the rain, because that's the kind of God that we serve. Amen? Amen. Amen. Any thoughts before I go on? Amen. Nobody have anything to say? Uh-uh. Y'all surprised. Y'all such a good class. Y'all just teach your heart, though. <laughs> Y'all teach your heart. Um, somebody um, find for me uh, Acts, the 10th chapter and the 10th verse. We're going to begin to look at the New Testament and see how in the New Testament there were... Um, God did the same thing. And so I think the whole point of the gist that I said earlier is that God repeatedly shows us things that he will convince us. And sometimes we like the people that they call from Missouri to show me state. We need to see it. So he would, um, not only did these great things and inspired people in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well, he is encouraging and he's inspiring people through experiences which tells me that today he's still encouraging and inspiring people through experiences. Acts 10 and 10. 10-10 uh, and read all the way to verse 17. He became hungry and wanted something to eat, and while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven open and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals as well as reptiles of the earth and birds of the air. Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter. Kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him a second time. Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back to heaven. 
While Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. Okay. So here in the New Testament, we see another occurrence where the same concept of a spiritual experience affecting someone's belief system. Um, The key here to Simon Peter, who was like most Jews of his day, was prejudice against the Gentile nation. Yet God wanted to use Peter. He wanted to use Peter to preach the gospel to the group of Gentiles who he had been sent to summon him to their house. God gave Peter a vision. And in this vision that he gave Peter was unclean beasts on a sheet. And he commanded him to eat of the unclean beast. Now you're like, come on, now. we don't eat that stuff. That stuff not clean. Uh, God then declared that the beast be to be clean, and instructed Peter that whatever he called clean uh, was clean and would never be refused. Um, mm. This ex- impacted Peter's life so much that he understood that his prejudice against the Gentiles could not stand in the way of the gospel. So sometimes God will put us in, allow us to have experiences that are very out of the ordinary, but put us among people that we normally wouldn't be among, force us to do things that we just wouldn't normally do. Um, In order for us to understand the plight or the purpose, some of the purpose that he has for us, I think I've mentioned this before, that we all are assigned to a certain group of people in the earth to minister to them in a man, in a certain way. And so sometimes in order for us to get to those people that we are assigned to, we have to have some experiences in our own lives that will put us in those places. Reminded of my friend I talked about a few weeks ago who um, was living in a homeless shelter with her family, you know, an experience that God allowed her to face. And in facing that experience, she there doing the work of the Lord. You know. And she got a little she got a little disturbed because she said after a while all the people they were ministering to seemed like they was getting houses and, and her and her family wasn't. <laughs> but again, in due season God did bring it to pass for her. So sometimes God would allow us to have some experiences and these experiences are for the purpose of the kingdom. You know, so don't be so disappointed or so upset about experiences, but these experiences come to encourage us. They come to inspire us. They come to lift us up and come to help us to fulfill the purpose, some of the purposes that God has uh, created us. They're there to motivate us. Amen? And motivate us. Sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm not motivated to do things, you know, and so I have to go back to the drawing board and be like, I don't really want to do this, Lord. Um, I was in a situation on Sunday where the Lord gave me a word for the house. Like, Lord, you know about this, you know. And I, as usual, I kind of had my head down because I didn't want to be called out. And lo and be known, I was called out. And so when I was called out, then I had to get up and I had to give what God gave me. You know, and all the time when he give us stuff, it's not, all the time, happy, happy, let's go, and you're going to the, you're going to hit the lottery or a check coming to your house and you're getting a new car. Sometimes the, the word of the Lord is um, is rough. It's tough. 
you know, and it may tell you something that you don't want to hear, you know, but it's, it's correcting and it's for you to grow from it. So God allows us to have these experiences so that we can grow as believers, become better in our walk. Does somebody have something to say? Hello? Yes. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Um, so God, God will put us, and even in places where our own personal prejudiceness, um, we would have to face it and deal with it in another manner in order for us to um, be able to be successful and, and do what it is that God has called us to do. Here he had Peter um, in a position where he was facing against something that he was prejudiced against, you know, and, and he was, he was um, encouraged to do a work for the Lord. Amen. 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 Pastor, did you have something to say? Okay. All right. No, I don't. I, I had to unmute my phone. I oh. don't have anything to say. Good oh. job tonight. All right. Well, okay, that brings us down to the close of this part of our lesson. Anybody else have anything they want to share? Sharing is caring. God is dealing with me with patience and understanding. Okay. Okay. And so as you meditate on his word, he'll begin to show you patience and he'll begin to guide you through understanding. Um, patience can be a tough thing. Because sometimes when we if we ask God for patience, he brings us some situation um that will force our hands at patience. And it doesn't feel good. But as you meditate word, um, when you're in those forced positions, you will be able to manage and understand that you're waiting on the Lord and you're waiting for his direction. Amen. He'll do it. Anyone else? Well, okay. That'll conclude. I apologize for the my request. Sorry, say that. I say I apologize for being late from Bible class. I just come back from the dentist. Oh, okay. You got some new choppers? No, that's it. You got to put another two. Oh, okay. Well, all right. Um, it's okay. We just we'll pray for you that the Lord will work yes. that thing out. Amen. Yes. Let us close up with a word of prayer. O Lord, our God, how excellent and marvelous is your name. Father, we thank you again for this time 
a fellowship. Lord, we thank you for your word. Now, Lord, we're praying for healing. We're praying for strength, oh God. We're praying for courage, oh God. Father God, we're asking, oh God, that you would just give us a holy boldness like never before. Father God, that we will be exemplary disciples in kingdom, that we will go out and we will share your word and we will share our testimonies of your goodness, all that we need, oh God, that we will share these testimonies in boldness, not in fear, but in confidence in you, oh God. Then, Lord, we're asking, oh God, that as we continue throughout this week, oh God, you know what this week holds for each and every one of us. God, give us grace, oh God, to make it through this week. Give us grace, oh God, to be able to be all that we can be. Father God, give us courage, oh God. Motivate us and encourage us, uplift us. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. 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 Good night. All right. Good night. Good night. Good night. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.